Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to revisiting the classic 90s series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Belle. Belle! Man, how you doing tonight? I'm just dreaming about getting so fat on turkey and stuff that I, that I, you know, have to sleep the rest of the long weekend. Thanksgiving, <laughs> but yes. not like the ones I've known before, where it's just a few people and we stay inside because, because we don't want to die. Ding, 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 ding. It's yes. funny because it's true. Uh, yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> are you doing Friendsgiving this year? Um, Very limited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's good. Keeping it safe, man. We're. We're just doing. It's just me, and my wife, and uh, and the girls. We're gonna. Uh, we are. We are going to a a second location, and that we we've uh, got kind of an Airbnb down on the coast, which will be kind of nice. But um, but we're gonna keep it just to us. So uh, we're doing a little bit lighter, and we're also spreading out Thanksgiving this year. So like right now, you and I are recording on Tuesday. Uh, we've got our uh, big uh, big feast that we're having this evening, and uh, instead of turkey, we're doing duck. So you know, l- less people, less food, but it'll it'll still be delicious. And I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, we're just doing ham. I mean, I'm more of a ham guy myself anyway. Yeah, but do You are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we, we didn't mention it last week. Uh, we, we, should, we should officially mention it this week. You know, one of the challenges of this year that we've been trying to kind of work through is, you know, how do we handle things uh, in, in the age of COVID and in, in kind of the, the world in which we, uh, we exist right now? And, uh, you know, obviously here we are doing the classic 90s series uh, as, as kind of retrospectives for Flash TV Talk at the uh, support of our amazing patrons. Uh, by the way, shout out this week to uh, two of our amazing amazing pra- patrons, Nikki Snodgrass and Douglas Van Bincom. Ben- Binocom. Binicom. 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 Did we get your name right? Van Binicom? Van Binicom. I, I, I believe I, I'm, I'm probably incorrect. I mean, I have a difficult to pronounce last name so i feel you on that one yeah now we got it i I think i think i nailed snodgrass though i think that's i think that's right and nikki if that is your actual name my guess is you had a rough time in high high school with snodgrass's (laughs) last name you will not have a rough time here and thank you so much for uh for y'all support for making the show happen but that's the thing man we are able to do this classic retrospective specifically because of the support of our patrons uh but one of the things that we we always love to do and have done since the very first season many years ago of Flash TV Talk is our our holiday special Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas Colin extravaganza. And, you know, what does that look like in the age of COVID where we don't necessarily have the same level of speculation going on where, you know, engagement's a little bit different right now because there's no series to engage with. Uh, <laughs> is is Grandma Esther's canceled? That's, that's the question, Belle, is Grandma Esther's canceled? I mean, you can't cancel Grandma Esther, like, because th- then she'll have to drink all of the whiskey herself, and you know what happens when Grandma Esther drinks all the whiskey herself. Yeah, I mean, that's when the real party begins. But here's my <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, it, t- to me, it seems like things are so bad. Someone's got to save Grandma Esther's Christmas call-in 
wait, Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call-in extravaganza. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, so many people have saved Christmas in the past. You know, you have uh, Whoopi saved Christmas, and the Chipmunks saved Christmas, and Ernest, I'm pretty, Ernest saved Christmas a couple of times, right? If I'm not mistaken, there's there's, there's been a lot of people who've who've gone and saved Christmas. What about Grandma Esther's man? Who saves Grandma Esther's? That's the question I want to ask, and I am hopeful. That uh, maybe this year somebody will save Grandma Esther's eggnog and do Christmas call on extravaganza. And to me, man, I, I think I know who it needs to be. Yeah, and who's that? I think it's everybody who's listening right now. Hey, Yeah. What if we did this? What if instead of like a traditional folly show like we've done in the past, what if we actually just do a, like a full on open Zoom call party? Everybody shows up, brings the eggnog, brings the cookies. We play some games. Uh, somebody teaches us how to play that game that you want to learn how to play. Uh, you talking about uh, um, Among Us? The one where we, we all kill each other. That yeah, one. it's. I mean, it's it's like werewolf, but like you're in space and you eject people into space if you think they're the traitor. Yeah, maybe we play that. I'm just saying that we've got we've got options, and I want to hear from everybody who is out there listening to this podcast right now. How do y'all want to celebrate Grandma Esther's? Let's kind of make it a collaborative effort. Come up with something uh, really fun. And uh, yeah, over the next couple of weeks, let's see if we could put together a really fun Zoom party, and we would love to have you there. All right, man, that's a lot of housekeeping items before diving in here. But there's one last thing I got to mention. The man, Teddy Sears. Speaking of a Zoom party, uh, Teddy Sears, the actor that portrayed uh, Zoom on The Flash, is actually going to be participating in a virtual Q&A panel coming up on December 6th. That is at 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern time. This is part of Wizard World's uh, uh, event they've got going on that day. And uh, yeah, man. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hunter Zolomon making an appearance, ask, uh, doing some Q&A with some of the listeners and, and some of the folks tuning in. You're going to want to check out Wizard World's Facebook page for that. It is absolutely free to attend. And uh, tell Teddy and the gang that uh, that we said, hey, that's right, man. Love love Teddy Sears, uh, Mr. Hunter Zolomon himself. Hey, one last thing I want to make mention of before we, we dive into the, the real reason why anybody's here, and that is talking about the classic retro series of uh, Earth-90 Talking, of course, about The Flash starring Mr. John Wesley Shipp. But before we dive into that, one last thing I got to get out the way. Y'all have heard us mention it before, but we've been having some fun uh, playing some Minecraft during this year and during the last several months, making some classic DC locations. Uh, We've been currently working on the Legion of Doom, uh, building that up in uh, Minecraft Survival. If that is something you are at all interested in, uh, head over to YouTube. Uh, Flash TV Talk has a YouTube channel now, and you can find the Flashcraft video updates there for the work that's being done. A lot of fun. Uh, we got the guys from Legends TV Talk who's part of that. We've also opened it up. And if you are somebody who enjoys Minecraft and plays on uh, the Bedrock Edition and want to be part of this, reach out to us. We'd love to give you some of the information and uh, and have you join the realm and have us uh, participate in the fun because there's a lot of fun to be had, especially uh, coming up uh, coming up here soon. Speaking of people killing each other, <laughs> then that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yes. All right, man. You ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 3 of Season 1, Watching the Detectives. Directed by Gus Traconis. And story by... Howard Chaikin and John Francis Moore. Traconis! Bell! (laughs) What happened this episode? Well, Barry's secret identity is uncovered by Megan Lockhart, a private investigator employed by corrupt district attorney Thomas Castillo, whose collaborator, mobster Arthur Simonson, has hired an arsonist to torch buildings in the waterfront area as part of Castillo's efforts to bring legalized gambling into Central City on behalf of organized crime. 
Castillo blackmails Barry into becoming his secret accomplice, enabling Barry to acquire evidence of Castillo's crimes, including his plans to control the mob bosses and seize control of their business. Upon learning this, Simonson rigs a bomb in Castillo's car, and Castillo is subsequently assassinated when he turns the ignition. Lockhart, having grown attracted to Barry, surrenders the evidence she had compiled in order to protect his secret. Alright, man, we start off this episode with a bang. Quite literally. There is explosions and a building on fire. What was the budget for this show? I mean, I, yeah, it seems like they spent more on explosions than they did on practical effects in this one. I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess like those are practical. Were effects. practical. Yeah. Like, right. I, I mean, like, like on flash effects is what I meant to say. I see what you're saying. Well, even, even the flash of, like, I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything that we've really seen that hasn't been very practical. Cause even like the flash effect of him, like running really fast is just fast forward in the tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it is all, I think it is all practical. Uh, there might be some like rotoscoping or something that they do after the fact, but I'm pretty sure everything that we've seen there is all just practical camera effects. That's how, like, that's like how they're, uh, you know, doing the whole flash stuff, which I think is pretty cool. I, I like that. Oh, I love it. Like there, there's something that's just extremely authentic about it. I mean, you know, yes, it's great to see, you know, giant, you know, technological beasts for the villain to fight or lightning that's kind of running around him and all those kind of, you know, things that we've become accustomed to in, in more of the modern era. But I do think that the practical effects gives a level of, how do I say this? It, it does, it, it requires a camp factor to be able to kind of accept, but at the same time offers up a level of realism to the, you know, to the danger to some extent. I mean, like that was real fire. You know what I mean? That was not CGI fire. That was a building. I mean, granted a set, but I mean, it was lit up on fire. We had actual explosions. Um, but at the same time, I, I guess I can't say it felt too dangerous. Those kids that seemed perfectly fine in the <laughs> middle of all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like the, the, the floor above them was on fire, the window two windows over was on fire, and they were just kind of standing there, and then Flash goes in there, and there's like, you know, there, there's like, there, there, there's, there's a clear path to the stairwell. Uh, there's no fire near the stairwell. <laughs> and they're just, <laughs> right, right, right. they're just kind of hanging out there, but you know, kids are kids, and they're just, they're gonna, they're, you know, they're not gonna know what to do. Kids are gonna kid. And it might be like, what do you, like, the kid looks up and is like, at least someone knows how to rescue a kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> kids certainly don't know how to rescue themselves, as, as evident by these two kids here. Clearly, clearly, this is very true. Uh, we also get a chance to see our, 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 you know, duo cops. Now, you know, I've, I've been trying to keep up with this. And I mean, like, I'm sorry, all cops look the same to me. But I mean, it's, it's Burton, like Burton Ernie that we got here. These, these are the two same cops, uh, duo that we've seen over the last couple episodes, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's been the same, the same two cops every time. All right. So we need to start following these guys. We're, we're going to end up with a situation where, where we need to keep up with, uh, some side characters here who, Granted, are mostly there for just kind of some side commentary and gags. I mean, I think one of them calls him El Flasho at some point. Like, you don't believe in El Flasho? <laughs> uh, El Flasho. Let's just call him that from now on. I, I, I think I think the Flash is working pretty well. Although one of them said, yeah, and I'm Connie Chung. And I'm like, man, that that's a dated reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you I know. Had I, mean, I had to Wikipedia that one right there. Really? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I was like, Connie Chung, that sounds familiar. Let me re re revisit that. Yeah, she's like famous newscaster. Come on. Yeah, no, totally. And still? I mean, not anymore. I don't think she's... Yeah, I was about to say, she hadn't, she hadn't been on the news. I, I, she was like, in some scandal a couple of years. See, this is what it helps when you do some Wikipedia, man. You find out some things. I, 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 I had no idea about her scandalous past. Yeah. No, or I, I mean, guess from this perspective, future. 
Yeah. Well, and yeah, <laughs> at this point, it's her future, our past. And uh, I think I think it's more if she didn't do anything scandalous. Uh, to be fair, I only skimmed the Wikipedia page. Anyway, point is, kids, uh, Connie Chung, uh, great reference for the time, bit dated now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, speaking of amazing reporters, Megan Lockhart, or as I like to call her, not Iris West. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, I was thinking about this. It's like, was this the reporter kind of, you know, I mean, clearly not uh, inspiration <laughs> for Iris on the CW show? Well, no. So this is this is the question. Iris was a reporter in the comics. And you kind of kind of wonder, like, did they for the series break apart the Iris West of the comics into essentially three different characters? Because you have an Iris West in name only on the show then you also have mcgee who obviously has kind of the the love interest uh kind of the deeper connection with with barry but then you have megan lockhart who has more of the investigatory journalism thing now granted she's a private eye she's not necessarily a journalist but at the same time i don't know man i felt like i felt as though the idea here is that like these three women are kind of all you know uh what's that thing from uh, your show with with the guys with the hair dragon ball z when they when they oh, touch fingers yeah the, the fusion dance yeah i feel like if all three of these ladies did the fusion dance they would become like an iris west of the comics yeah no i yeah i mean it feels like yeah you're right they just kind of like split her into these three the three like facets i guess of her sort of identity maybe and um just made three characters out of it I guess and speaking speaking of Iris Man, did I miss something here? Did Barry and Iris break up? No, I they're 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 not separated because they're not married. They're uh they're they're on a break. They're on a break. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, basically, yes. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it depends on if you're a Ross or a Rachel in terms of how you interpret that. And clearly, <laughs> I Barry don't get is that taking reference. the Ross approach here because, like. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he was like he was he was constantly asking her out five, you know, like like over and over and over again. Which by the way, speaking of like pushing themselves on Megan Lockhart, that dude that she's like with at the club that kind of comes on to her definitely puts the ass in assault. Yeah, that was like uncomfortable to watch. Incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. And I was like, dudes aren't really like that, are they? I mean, it was the nineties, so maybe. Yeah. This yeah. dude, I was about to say, this dude, this dude doesn't know what it means to be canceled yet. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was canceling him all over the place. She well, I mean, canceled him right to his face, which was beautiful. Yeah. But, well, Lockhart definitely canceled him. Lockhart, man. I, I'm, I, you know, so instantly that's, that's the question I had is who is this lady? Like what, what is her connection to the comics? Cause clearly she's introduced. She's got the femme fatale thing going on. In fact, she has her own theme music, which is very kind of Dick Tracy-esque, which of course makes a lot of sense with her being a private investigator. Yeah. But she almost seems like a character that would have stepped out of a comic book. And yet, for the life of me, I cannot find any... <laughs> this goes both ways. I can't find any source material that the character is based off, off of. And probably more surprisingly, I can't see where this character has ever been adapted for the comics as well. As most popularized characters would have made their way from the screen to the, you know, to the panels... Uh, this has not been the case for Miss Lockhart. Yeah, and uh, I, I was also kind of surprised to find that there wasn't a reference to Megan Lockhart in the uh, uh, CW show. Yet. Yet. 
Yet. I mean, like, you know, assuming that the CW show comes, comes back, which, uh, you know, I think we are still operating under that assumption. Uh, you know, it's, it's possible that we may see some, some deeper cuts in, in the future. But you're right. Now, we have not gotten a Megan Lockhart in any kind of capacity beyond this show, but clearly introduced instantly, um, you know, as somebody who's going to be a foil for Barry and the uh, and kind of the love triangle, our love triangle. You know, we joked last week about it being a love dodecahedron with all of the various connections. <laughs> we we got to keep adding to that because there's there's now a new member yeah, it's the love triangle. It's, it's certainly a, a love rhombus now. Yes, it's it's gone full love rhombus to be sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, I did. Uh, I thought they had a a great chemistry, and you know, I I guess I got to ask: Are are you shipping the the bear heart? I don't know because. Tina was in this episode for 30 seconds, 30 seconds, man. And they push this whole, you know, um, uh, Barry Megan thing really hard. Like as in like Barry was actually showing some initiative in going after her, you know, where he, he hadn't done that for uh, even Tina. He's just been kind of jealous around Tina. And um, he's like, come on, my dog likes you. So we got to go out for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it feels like this is like, at least Barry is more interested in her than, uh, uh, than he is Tina. So I don't know. I mean, like, do, do we, are we no longer Terry? Uh, are we scary for Terry or are we I, I, I'm scary for Terry? That's what I've been trying to find. Yes. No, we're totally, <laughs> I'm still scared. I'm, I'm still scary for Terry. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still scary for Terry, but, um, Begging? Are we begging for begging? <laughs> begging for begging. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> ship the Barry begging? Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not watching ahead at all. Like, there are some episodes that I have seen, but um, that's true. You do have some future knowledge, not extreme future knowledge, but you do have some. Yeah. Um. And so, but but again, it's 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 been like five six years since I since I watched those episodes. Uh. So I want to I want to throw something out to you because I I feel you know last week when we were talking about you know the concept of a you know a what if the Flash versus the Hulk, which is not what that episode was, but you almost kind of wonder if maybe that was some of the mindset behind what the studio or what the writers were trying to do. And if you think about kind of popularized comics in the late eighties, I mean, was, was this kind of a, the flash meets Dick Tracy with kind of like a gender bend to it? Because like this entire comic is very like, you know, mobsters and, you know, corrupt DAs and, you got the, you know, pseudo mafia connections and, you know, a private investigator who's willing to do anything to get the story. See, yeah, and even she. <laughs> when Barry goes undercover, he does the whole classic like, um, yeah, hey, babe, let me in the, the club. See, yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, I know the flash. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I there, there was a big Dick Tracy vibe to it. And I don't know. Do you, do you, so 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 what is it like? Is is this a you know, journalist Iris inspired character, or is this a private eye, uh, a Dibney inspired character? Like, could this be? <laughs> I highly doubt it's a Dibney inspired <laughs> character. I don't, I don't see that. Maybe, maybe that'll be what happens to Dibney. Maybe Dibney will, uh, <laughs> be replaced by Megan Lockhart. <laughs> that, you know what? That's actually, that would be kind of amazing. Yeah. That would be interesting, right? Interesting. Yeah. If they wanted to, to kind of bring in another PI, uh, that would be, that'd be kind of fun. So yeah, there, there we go there. Um, no, I don't know, man. I just, I wonder if there is kind of a notion there that, that you're almost kind of blending iconic comic book characters or at least iconic comic book concepts 
in the midst of this show is it's trying to find its footing. Um, I guess no no pun really intended there. Uh, man, it is a fitting though that you and I are are obsessed with the love life of one Barry Allen. Uh, Julio also should really be on this podcast as well, since we spend so much time trying to unpack Barry's love life. I was going to make a comment about kind of the dated trope of kind of the the black best friend whose sole purpose is to be there and obsess about the main character's love life uh, and being super dated. But at the same time, Diggle was introduced, what, a couple years ago? So, yeah. Yeah. There's that. That's Uh, a dig it era. (laughs) We're going to get emails for that. Anyway. (laughs) Congratulations. I hope you're happy. I'm sorry. But for a while there, Diggle's entire like storyline was just he was, you know, shipping the... uh, uh, you know, oh gosh, don't let me blank on what's her face's name. We'll really get emails then. <laughs> you don't even know her name. Oh, I'm blanking on her name. It's been a long time. We've been through it, a pandemic. Please, please, shippers of this couple that's destroyed the what's internet. What's the ship several name? Times over. I don't want to say it. If I say it, it'll summon them. Maybe right now they're listening and they don't think that I'm talking about them. <laughs> but you can't remember the character's name, and you know the ship name, and you still can't remember the character name. I can see their faces. One of them is Oliver. <laughs> and what's the ship name? Olive. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A live, a Liventine. A Liventine. Yeah. That's so it was, it was Oliver and Clementine. A Liventine. Oliver and Clementine. That's the one. So a uh, Liventine fans out there, I apologize. I, I don't want to upset <laughs> or call upon your wrath. But no, I'm serious. Diggle did become like an like hardcore Elicity like like fan for for like a time on the show where that was like his sole conversations. We're all dealing with uh, Oliver and and uh, Felicity. It was like, ah oh, man, I thought this trope died out in anyway. the 90s. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am hoping that Julio gets some development though in this in this series because he does you know he does give us kind of ties to uh, more of the um, you know the the scientific uh, elements of of crime crime solving uh, and so whenever we can kind of get back into the lab so to speak I think it's it opens up some fun opportunities I mean even even in the CW Barry uh, even in the the CW series it seems like Barry hasn't really been back to the uh, the crime lab in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I get the feeling that Julio is probably going to be joining the team here soon. So you think so? Oh, well, you know, future knowledge. I mean, well, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm I, honestly, I've forgotten pretty much everything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell you what, man, I will say one of the things that, you know, the Flash has gotten kind of, uh, or the CW series, the Flash, I remember critiques in the early day was like everybody knew his secret identity, but here we are three episodes in. And like everybody knows his secret identity. The bad guys know his secret identity. The private investigator knows the secret identity. Uh, dude, what was Costello pops into his thing is like, all right, I know who you are. The Flash, you know, like like immediately he's getting called out. That was kind of cool and refreshing because, you know, it's a, a private a private detective probably wouldn't take very long to figure out who he is. Right. You know, sure. So so that was kind of refreshing and sort of neat there. But like now that there's no impetus to find out who he is. Um, it'll probably stay, you know, more, more of a mystery. Maybe who knows until Julio's like, Oh, sorry, Barry. I didn't mean to what you're changing into a red costume. You're the flash. Holy crap. You know, something like that. Right. <laughs> How do you look in red? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was quite a, uh, quite a gamble. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I guess he did have the investigator on, but at the same time, it's not like he had like any kind of photographic evidence. He just rolls up in Barry's apartment and tosses a grenade on the floor. 
right? He, by threatening the dog, <laughs> mind you, he's like, you'll, you know, oh, if you're not the Flash, I could hurt anybody. Like this person, this person, oh, your dog, and then he throws the grenade as if that's not going to kill him. <laughs> I mean, he's well. pretty, he's he's pretty confident in his. Uh, and his, uh, you know, assumption that Barry is the Flash because otherwise he's a dead man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's literally betting his life on it. But the funny thing was, is when he pulled the pen out and he threw it, the little handlebar on a grenade is like a safety, right? And so when you throw it, the handlebar pops off and that's what that's what activates the trigger. But when he threw it, it stuck on there. And so, like, it was, I, I thought maybe it was a joke. It was going to be a fake grenade. But, like, <laughs> no, it's just it's just, you know, a bad prop. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was wondering if that was the case as well, because it did, uh, you know, and part of the, this is just part of the challenge of watching a, a series from the 90s on like a 4K television is like, you know, you could see like, well, that's a fake. <laughs> pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty clearly. Uh, but no, it, I think for the purpose of the show, he's taking a, taking a strong bet there. And, you know, speaking of strong bets, you know, we got the great casino scene, kind of the underground Barry Allen uh, you know, reminiscent of the future CW Barry Allen going undercover with uh, with Ralph, but much better at it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in terms of yes, I mean, that's the that's the thing, right? Like ships Barry is a much more confident Barry than Gustin's Barry. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, that's the thing is, you know, your your male leads back then were just exuded more like machismo and confidence and things like that. I, I feel like maybe I, I that's guess a, that's true. I mean, hmm. I'm trying to think of what other like what were what were some of the same like series at the time. Yeah, I mean I don't know I, I could be wrong, uh, but I figure for a show like this, a superhero show, you're, you're and not like you know a drama that's supposed to be emotional and things like that. You're going to see more, probably more confident masculine heroes, right? Whereas something like I mean Dawson's Creek, when did that come out? Uh, that was the <clears throat> the late '90s, right, or was the that- early 2000s. I, maybe, but like, you know, and, and, you know, other shows like dramas and things like that, where you can afford to have more, um, um, emotional and, and, uh, I guess less, ma- yeah, yeah, more, more, more emotionally complex and stuff like that characters, male leads. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it's probably wouldn't have fit well in the nineties for Barry to be more complex like that. So he's, it is interesting though. Cause I think a criticism of the, of Gustin's portrayal of Barry is that he plays him in kind of a constantly questioning everything and always making like mistakes to the point where he's almost overly flawed. It's kind of like, dude, at this point, how are you not dead? <laughs> like, yeah. But I mean, kind of get it together. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sort of makes sense though. Right. Because you have all these powers and it's like, well, you know, what if I run too fast and like literally incinerate somebody when I'm saving them or, you know, you got to think all those things are going through your head. So no, definitely. But I'm just saying like seven years in, like, I think that's good for the first couple of seasons. Sure. But then yeah. Later on, you, you do kind of like to see him when he, when he kind of steps into the role and is a little bit more confident in being the flash, but you're right here. We don't necessarily have as much complexity to, uh, to, well, I say that, I mean, there's complexity to, to ships, uh, Barry, it's just much more confident, as you say. Yeah, yeah. So we we made mention uh, in the first episode how it seemed like Star Labs once again had a a staff of one. However, that is no longer the case. Uh, in fact, when Lockhart goes to infiltrate Star Labs, she pretends to be like a, an intern that Tina doesn't even know, which implies there's such a large staff that she wouldn't even recognize somebody sneaking in. And not only that, it still has the same security issues as the CW <laughs> Star Labs. <laughs> Yeah, that's on brand. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that you know, Tina was 
that's what I'm trying to figure out is Tina said she was the only one who worked there. Like I'm thinking there as in like the office that she was in and maybe not Star Labs as a whole. That's a big building to be completely empty like that. Yeah. Maybe it's just her area or her department is she's the only one working there. Um, But yeah, that is kind of a weird change from the pilot where she's like, nope, I'm the only one here ever all the time. And now there's like people here and so many of them that and how would she not know that her own assistant was not sick would the assistant not call her and be like hey i'm sick as a different time back then man not not everybody had like phones on them i guess so she might have called the office earlier and there might not have been an answering machine see we we've become accustomed to to a different technological way of doing things oh yes yes we live in the future yes so they're in the past we're in the future um and that is that is where they are uh, help me help me out with something cuz there was a lot going on this episode uh, you know, as we mentioned, there was kind of the, the Dick Tracy private eye discovering Barry Allen's secret identity for the DA, who has kind of this corrupt deal going on with uh, the mob. And in the middle of all of this, for like two scenes, we get this crazy corrupt preacher dude. Um, what was his deal? Because that was something I was having a hard time following. Yeah. Okay. So um, the part of the evidence that Barry was finding was like this particular firework fuse that they found. Um, and they isolated it down and it was like one particular firework fuse that came out of Singapore that was, uh, used by these, like, I think they're called them firebrands or something like that. The fire Lords, maybe, um, okay. they were like okay. a world war two or Vietnam era, um, uh, pyrotechnic U S special ops group. Right. And yeah, like you do. Yeah. And, and the, and the corrupt, Preacher Man guy was like a, a, a delinquent juvenile, went to the army, uh, became one of these fire lords or, or, you know, fire guy unit people in the army. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, went crazy with the religious stuff. And then as he, when he came back, he was being hired out by um, uh, Castillo to burn down properties on the waterfront right so because they're they're all historical properties there so he couldn't buy them um because they they right, were going to be renovated right, right, right. Okay. but if they were uh-huh. burned there's nothing to rebuild he can then buy the empty lot so he, that is that is an extensive backstory for a throwaway side character arsonist i mean i was sitting there yeah i was like this is like an incredibly complex story for <laughs> for, for this episode <laughs> like the the, the 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 weaving in of the of the da uh castillo uh corrupt preacher man guy and like their plot and like was was something that you'd see like in a movie um right, <laughs> right. yeah they would exactly yeah like they would draw that out over the period of an hour and a half and then you finally have the reveal that oh the da is corrupt he's been in the whole time and they've been using this guy to burn down the buildings and oh it's nuts and yeah they they crammed all of that into like a 45 minute episode it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy <laughs> it's action-packed man i mean it was a good one i mean so far i think this has been my favorite episode of the series um i mean i, I know we're only three episodes in but this is definitely a top tier one for me already uh, i will say though for the uh, the son of a preacher man that we got here uh two things one he clearly hasn't been in church since he was baptized either and that's a christian burn uh, <laughs> And it's a double burn because it's a burn on an arsonist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the other thing, man, is I wonder if part of the reason for the religious connection actually has more to do with kind of driving home something that we heard in a previous episode, whereas people were referring to the Flash as a demon. And you think about it, he does have kind of that daredevil thing going on because he is popping up in a full red costume. And while obviously we know the the things on the side of his head to be a lightning you know, to somebody who's not familiar with the flash, they roll up, they see a dude all in red with pokey things coming out the side of his head. 
there's kind of a terrifying nature to, to that, right? Well, especially if you're already like schizophrenic and crazy like Preacher Guy was. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, he had he had some issues to be sure. But like he wasn't the first person. And I think in the pilot episode somebody saw him and, and called him like a devil or the devil. Yeah, like the, the the red demon or something like that. Yeah, you know. I and and I could see, you know, if you if you had just heard rumors and stuff and then like you hadn't seen it before and um you know the, the flash shows up and saves somebody then you might be okay well maybe it's not a demon or maybe it's a good demon i don't know spike exi- <laughs> spike's not really a good demon but you know um wait yeah. spike from buffy yeah i mean he look at you watching buffy yeah are you, are you going back with the misses and, and doing a buffy rewatch i am we we are on season four and uh we gotta we gotta catch back up we haven't uh watched it pretty much since the wedding because you know well, where's the buffy tv talk man come on that i i that's a that that needs to happen well it certainly can i i've watched a lot of it yeah, i mean we got we got nothing but retro shows for the next uh, probably another year so like, yeah might, might, might have to do it this is one i was uh, totally surprised by I, I i was a huge fan of the movie in the uh you know when it came out and i was so mad that they weren't getting the movie actors to be in the show that i was like i'm not watching that it's garbage it's not gonna be the same thing it's not gonna be any good and then like you know here it is 20 years later and i'm like hey i i actually like this show <laughs> yeah yeah no, i mean like you know i tried to get you to watch that about seven years ago and you watch it for her but that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> not, jealous, not jealous at all yeah well uh, <laughs> uh all right so yes i you know one thing that we also saw when barry was kind of uh controlled by the da is he ran around pulling, putting up the, the campaign signs everywhere. I think uh, for those of us here in the United States, with the uh, election being uh, finally over, like, I don't know, there's just something that p- campaign signs everywhere gave me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like super campaigning. And right. yeah, at, at super speed, uh, but very cost effective. Yeah, I know. You know, and it's yeah. But like yeah, you blackmail. said, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just. I, we, 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 we could have waited a couple months before watching that episode with all the electioneering and stuff in it. <laughs> no, I think it, it was it was all right. This rather rather now than then, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, Matt, any other uh, thoughts about this particular episode? Uh, I agree with you. I think it was really good. I, I, I liked the um, it was a very complex plot that uh, d- made sense. And I mean, I was able to follow it. Clearly, I'm vastly smarter than you. Uh- <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, that is true. <laughs> and uh, it, it was like, it was this really complex plot that was like, you know, that fit in the episode. It didn't feel like it was rushed per se. And then, then there was the uh, uh, like the, the the crazy Dick Tracy sort of um, not really side story, but just kind of campy goofiness to sort of like offset the, the seriousness. And and um, I don't know, it was an all around good episode, like even though there was really zero comic book ties in this entire episode, it still felt very comic booky. You know? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, like even if you think about um, just to kind of make a Batman reference, if you think about uh, the Long Halloween, that entire graphic novel is bat essentially Batman versus the Godfather. Yeah, I mean, it's not you know it's not uh, Michael Corleone, but I mean, like they are they're characters that are coded and and clearly meant to be interpreted as the Godfather, with some some panels even kind of taking direct inspiration from you know stills from from that film. So you know, like you, you do get kind of a sense that that they're kind of using that same storytelling element where they're coding different people in certain ways to try to communicate something to the audience as they're taking inspiration from uh, various source material. And yeah, like I said, even though there was little to no, you know, comic book connections, 
this is this is so far my favorite episode. It's it was a blast. Well, and, and one other thing that I want to mention, uh, we were talking about the corrupt preacher man and like you know his tie in on everything. Uh, the the informant that Barry had, uh, the the three card Monty like uh, huckster guy, um, he had said that uh, it basically implied that that the corrupt preacher man was the guy responsible for killing Castillo's father, which made Castillo in power. Right. Right. And that's why the DA wanted to, like, you know, change their deal. Right. Because I guess he had a different deal with the father. And so just a lot of a lot going on. It was was really, really neat. And I don't know. I just one other little musing there. Oh, no, that's good. Absolutely. Hey, you want a flashback? Yes. Tommy Costello. All right. So this is interesting because I looked as hard as I could to try to find some sort of reference comic book origins for some of these different characters that we've gotten. And then also, of course, kind of checking against the Arrowverse to see if we've gotten future iterations of these characters. Uh, Tommy Costello, while we haven't actually gotten this person in any kind of comic book form, the name itself does have connections. This is uh, actually the name of a professional comic book artist uh, who uh, worked on predominantly Batman which again does make me kind of feel like maybe they're they're kind of giving nods to Batman in this and kind of giving nods to a more detective side of things. I mean, I know Barry, you know, having kind of the forensic scientist background, he does have that detective element to his character, but I don't know, this this took things to a, a whole like deeper level of noir. So yeah, Tommy Costello, uh named after a comic book artist. That's pretty cool. So I mean there there was a comic book tie. It was just not it, it, it tied to a, a, a comic book related person, <laughs> not, not a person from the comics per se. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, like I remember very specifically, um, for example, in like later seasons of Smallville, like they constantly go to the, an, an intersection that's like right outside the Daily Planet and the intersection, the two streets are named after two like comic book artists. <laughs> so interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you, when you get those little nods here and there, those are always fun East, Easter eggs. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There you go. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. Okay, man, I, I put out the request because I was kind of curious. You and I, we're, we're watching this now. Um, here we are in the year 2020. You have seen a few episodes, but even the few episodes that you saw was once we started podcasting about the CW series. Uh, not, you know, not, not when this show was live. And so I kind of asked, like, what was it like to experience that at the time? You know, we're mostly speculating and trying to cast our mind back there in order to get references to what was going on in, in the culture and especially kind of in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, television and, you know, entertainment world and how people were engaging with these types of characters and stories. But it's totally different if you've actually lived through it. So we got we got some great feedback. Uh, this first one comes from Team T-Bay. What did Team have to say? Hey, guys, just want to say I'm 51, and I remember watching and waiting for this 90s TV show to air each week. But what you might forget is that they kept moving it around. All you had was a TV guide back then, which was often wrong. Along with not knowing which day or time it would air, it, would also, uh, it was also during the first Gulf War and would often be cut off for news updates about the war. It was a terrible year to air a new TV show during the war with all the incredible competition from other huge shows at the time. Just thought y'all would like to know this detail. Greetings from Austin, Texas. Hey. You know, that actually like super helps understand because, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been trying to wrestle with is why did this show not do very well? It seems really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, if you're bouncing it around on the schedule and there's really no way to know, like other than like a, 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 they, they, they print it in TV guide. It's coming on Wednesday at, you know, five o'clock. 
and then it airs uh, Tuesday at nine and you're like, I, well, why isn't it on here? You know, and it's it's yeah, that would be very, very interesting, especially with like the war going on. And it's like we interrupt this <laughs> this regularly scheduled program for a, a picture of a tank blowing up a building in Iraq. You know, yeah, that would be uh, it seems like that would be really hard for a show to to do well especially a niche show like The Flash. And it really was for the time. I mean, like, you know, we live in kind of the age of superheroes with, you know, everything's a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for, for it to be kind of in this... And, you know, The Flash was not Batman. It wasn't Superman. He didn't have that kind of name recognition. Um, and even, like, you know, I mean, The Flash today has far more reaching name recognition, probably specifically because of the CW show more than anything else. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, I guess there's a lot of challenges from that end, but that's, that's fascinating. I did not realize that was the situation, especially with the release schedule. And as you mentioned with the Gulf war. So thanks for sending that in team T Bay. And Hey, you're in Austin. I know somebody who's in Austin. Hey, Oh, who has two yeah. thumbs and is pointing to himself, but you can't see it because this is a podcast. This guy. Wait, did team come to, he didn't come to our crisis party. Did he? I don't think so. And crisis? Why weren't you at the crisis house party? Oh. You didn't miss much. Well, we saved we saved somebody's life. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we were heroes in our own right. <laughs> <laughs> and there was pizza, so it was quite oh, a, delicious. Was quite pizza. an experience. Uh, all right. Also, <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, also, we've got uh, from Meg. Uh, love Meg. What did Meg have to say? I was so excited when this show came out. I was fourteen, and the Flash had been my second favorite superhero since I was six. I made my grandma watch it with me since she was the since she was the one to buy me my first Flash comic book. She enjoyed the show almost as much as I did, and we both were half in love with John Wesley's ship. I cried and I cried when it was canceled, but grandma told me that we would always have the memory of watching it together. Now, every time I watch it or see something about it, I think of her and remember. Also, so glad you guys are back from Meg, a.k.a. Mystic Celeste. Yeah, man. Meg's always uh, like uh, amazing on social media and, and engaging with content and everything. And um, yeah, that's that's such a such a special story, too, to be I able know. to share a show like that with a loved one. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. And I you got these uh, memories with your grandma and everything. Uh, yeah. No, that's, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to bring us down at all. But, you know, I, my grandmother died last week. Did I tell you that? Oh, you did not. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, you know, it was, she was, she was, to be honest, man, we thought that she was going to pass a couple weeks ago, uh, or actually a couple months ago, and then she made this insane comeback. Like, like, I remember my aunt was sending us pictures of, like, her chilling out in a wheelchair outside wearing these sunglasses, and we're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, we thought she was on our deathbed. Um, but no, man, she, uh, so it was, it was a weird thing where it was sudden because she was making such a crazy comeback, but it was not sudden in, in terms of just kind of where she was in, in the stage of the game, but... Um, but you know, I think back to like, we used to watch cartoons with my grandmother too. Like we used to watch uh, Bugs Bunny and she introduced us to kind of this, uh, classic, uh, you know, Warner brothers, uh, cartoons. She would sit in her easy chair and we'd be on the floor, uh, playing with hot wheels <laughs> <laughs> and watching cartoons. So nice. anyway, yeah, there's, uh, those special memories with, uh, with the loved one. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily think about that when, when it comes to TV, we get so kind of infatuated with the. Uh, various plot lines and the characters and everything else. But, you know, you pull back and you realize this is something you share with people that you love and uh, it becomes something more. So, yeah. Meg, thanks so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, hey, you know, one of the things I really love sharing is this podcast with you, Bell. Well, that's excellent. I I, yes. I, I kind of enjoy it as well. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm thank I was about to say I'm thankful for you. And you know what? You know what? I am. I'm insanely thankful for you. And I don't even care if you're only kind of thankful for me. Because I love you, man. I love you. I love you too, bud. 
Well, I hope that you have a good uh, Thanksgiving. Everybody's uh, hopefully staying safe, uh, be making wise decisions, except when it comes to the amount of food you eat, because, you know, hey, if it's not that, what is it for? Yeah. Uh, we want to encourage y'all, by the way, y'all can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on the Twitters at Flash TV Talk, or you can follow Bell at Ring That Bell, or me at The Real Bo York. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. Be sure to check out the Facebook page where apparently we're live again. We didn't mention it at the top of the show, but we're actually broadcasting live out of nowhere. Yeah. Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Didn't see that coming. And now you're listening to it. Well, and, live. And speaking of which, Maybe. this is also an opportunity to like, you know, you can you can chat with us and stuff in the chat. And, and we do we do actually have one more little piece of feedback here from the chat. Oh, all right, yeah, there you throw it in, man. Throw yeah, it in. Yeah, so I just want to throw that in there. It's uh, Robert McCormick the third. His question was, so when is the Flash coming back on? And uh, this is a good question, and we kind of mentioned it before. <laughs> it, we don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> s- supposedly, officially, like, it's not really official, official, no, but no, 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 no. We're not going to say that. We're not going to say anything. Yeah, I, I mean, you can say what's what has been said, but I'm not. I'm not standing by anything because. It's changed many times, and I, in my opinion, it'll likely change again. But go ahead, say say your piece. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like you know very hopeful. We're not. I I don't want anybody to get their hopes up and then have them crushed by this. But like supposedly in January 2021. But um, I will literally believe it when I see it, and not a moment before. Yeah, yeah. I you know I don't want to be I don't want to be down on it, but I'm just saying. Uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But I can guarantee you this. We will be bringing you some great content uh, as we do a retrospective. By the way, we're giving away another box set of the Flash 90 series. And if you are interested in um, uh, helping this show and also getting a chance to win, uh, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk where you can support the show. And by doing so, you enter in your name to potentially win a Flash 90s box set. Special thanks to Charlie Bach for providing our amazing outro music. And I think that is going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry. We'll be back in a flash.
Wonder Woman, uh, HBO Max, this is happening. I don't know about Wonder Woman. Um, no, it is Wonder Woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it is Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman's coming out on HBO Max, and they're doing a theatrical release. So um, they... Uh, it's the both. Yeah, okay. like, uh, I, I saw tweets from Patty Jenkins on it. She was saying, hey, look, you know, we, we, we're really proud of this movie. We really enjoy it. We want, we want you guys to enjoy it as well. So we're going to release it on HBO Max and in theaters, um, assuming your theaters are open and, you know, doing it. So... Um, I have HBO Max, so I'll be watching it there. Uh, Wait, okay, so you already have the HBO Max. Wait, so, okay. I got it with my phone plan for free. Oh, who are you with? AT&T. Oh, I'm with, I, I get Netflix for free through T-Mobile. Here's here's my thing, though. Like, H, I know we've talked about this before, and I feel like this has been talked to death, and still people are really confused by it. What's the difference between HBO Max and HBO Go? And do I have to have HBO Go to have HBO Max? And if I only have HBO Max, can I still get like Watchmen and Game of Thrones and like Lovecraft Country? I have no idea. Um, all I know. See, this is this is the problem. This is their entire branding strategy is is a mess. HBO Go. So so there was HBO Go, which was like the subscription streaming only version of HBO. Right. And I think you had access to the other HBO shows in there. Okay. HBO Max is Warner Brothers properties. Okay. So so okay. So it's like it's it's uh it's uh Crunchyroll, it's Cartoon Network, it's uh oh, Looney Tunes, yeah. It's uh like Warner Classic Movies, it's uh HBO. But it's not Westworld. Yeah, Westworld's on there. No, Westworld is on there. Yeah. Well, so what about um what what do I care about? I'm Westworld and like the new one, I gotta say, I'm, like Raised by I'm, Wolves is... is and I can't, I haven't gotten into that. I like yet. that show. Um, the Golden Compass, also known as His Dark Materials. So I did see, uh, that's got Lin-Manuel Miranda in it, right? Yes. Well, I'll watch anything with Lin-Manuel Miranda in it. Uh, what what about, um, I'm kind of joking, but also not joking at all. Uh, <laughs> what about, uh, what about... Uh, um, Lovecraft Country? Well, so Lovecraft Country, I'm um, maybe like I've got the last two to three episodes still. Which, by the way, I'm mad at everybody that told me to watch that show. Why? Because I hate horror, and I said as long as it's not too gory. And I have never seen a more gory show. The first two episodes, this. they should have just not recommended that to you. That's well, they, they actually somebody told me specifically watch the first three episodes, and that'll give you a sense of the show. They should have just said like, no, don't watch it. Like, because I kept on thinking it can't get worse than this. And it does. And then every once in a while, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm in it. Like, I feel like I need to finish at least the first season. It's really good. And then I actually, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not, it's it's a great show. I just, it's a little, um, for somebody who doesn't like gore, it is much. It is way too, too much. Bo, uh, it's not real. It can't hurt you. It, it's, it's way, it's too much. <laughs> it's way too much. Uh, and I keep on thinking like, when's the sci-fi going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Which which finally did in the last episode I saw. But anyway, so yeah, no, I'm 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 digging that to the extent that I just need to get through it. I loved Watchmen, and I know I'm gonna want to rewatch that show. Is that in uh, HBO Max? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna open so up the app got, on my phone right now. If it's got Westworld and H and and Watchmen, and you know, I mean, I, I at some point the the sting of the final season of Game of Thrones will pass, and I'll be able to go back and watch it. Um. I'm going to want to rewatch that show too. Yeah. Watchmen's on here. So yeah, Watchmen is, um, 
So it's every so it's just HBO with with everything. It's I guess it's the max of HBO. Yeah, it, it's it's all of HBO. Like so, HBO Go gives so you I cancel my Go account. You cancel your Go account because you don't need it okay. because I don't need it. HBO Max gives you HBO stuff plus Warner Brothers' entire catalog and the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and the Snyder Cut's going to be there too. Yeah, so yeah, okay, so here we go. So it's HBO, DC, Sesame Workshop, TCM, that's Turner Classic Movies, Studio Ghibli, uh, the Cartoon Network Collection, Adult Swim Collection, Crunchyroll, and Looney right. Tunes. Th- those are the the hubs, as they as they claim. Um, Sounds fascinating. I got to say, it always weirds me out to see like Sesame Street packaged with HBO. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like when you see The Simpsons in, in the Disney Plus, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, it's so weird it's like, to me for like, you know, because when I think of HBO, I think of like, you know, violent n- movies and nudity and stuff like that, because that's what I used to watch HBO for when I was growing up. Was Elmo House. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo love violence. <laughs> no, you know, the funny thing is that Sesame Street will occasionally reference other properties. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, a Sesame Street where Elmo is trying to deal with conflict resolution between Tyrion and uh, Cersei. Are you kidding me? Does Cersei want to hear what Tyrion has to say? Yeah, like like the, it's a whole <laughs> like YouTube it. Like you, hang on, I, let me see. What, I think it's just if you YouTube uh, Game of Thrones Sesame Street, then it's Elmo, and they're in character. You know what I mean? Like it's not the actors, and it's because you know how the, sometimes they'll get like. Oh, hey, it's that popular actor from that show that your your parents watch. But no, this is like them in character. Game of Thrones, Sesame Street. And then, you know, occasionally uh, the Game of Chairs. No, Respect respect is Coming. Sesame Street, Respect is Coming. And it's literally on the set of Game of Thrones. And it's Elmo <laughs> sitting in Tywin's chair. That's, that's... Are you watching it? Respect is coming. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna send this to you. I'm... All right, so that le- that legit overloaded my system. Yeah, okay, here it is. I see. Mike is gonna have such a hard time working out my audio this week. <laughs> All right, we we gotta shut it. We gotta shut this down though, because I think my system is about to blow up. Okay, cool. Well, uh, excellent. Thanks everybody for uh, 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 for listening in and um, all that kind of stuff. So. Yes, be safe, have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, eat too much food. 